everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Dirt Talk today. Well, there's some housekeeping I wanted to get into before today's episode. The first is I think that intro music is going to be going away soon. We have some original music coming up that we've we've been cooking up um, because that music is just some terrible free music we got off the internet about a year ago. We started this podcast and it has stuck around a little bit too long. So stay tuned. Much more dramatic introduction coming our way. And um, that leads me into my second big point. And uh, we, we've we had some changes to our business recently and, and very positive changes. And it's the changes have given us a greater means to march in the direction we've been wanting to march in. So that's it's cryptic, but we have come up with some new positions at the business, some some new positions that I want, you know, to hire people to focus on. And one of those positions on the wish list was someone to focus full time on the podcast. This is I joke about it. Um uh, and how like, you know, we have five listeners and this and that. And I will continue to joke about how we have five listeners because I think that's hilarious. Reality is there's actually a lot of people listening to this and it really influences not only our business, but it, it just furthers our mission overall in, 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 a, in a really beautiful way and in a way that I could not have imagined before. So I want someone dedicated to doing it. Up until this point, it's just been me uh, originally, it was me in my apartment, not even in an extra room. It was just a desk set up in my apartment. Now that I have a small house, this is in the spare bedroom, is my podcast studio. I do it over the computer, uh, send it off to Mr. Matt Briscoe, one of our media folks, to, to, to clean it up, and then we put it on the internet. Uh, that is the only work we do to it. So very little investment, very little focus. And I want to go all in on this thing. So to go all in on it, we, we need somebody to focus on it full time. So we were talking about it and someone said, well, you know, what if we talk to Alex, who's, who was, you know, at, at the time, one of our web developers, because he had a music background and we all knew that. And, and so, uh, sure. Yeah, I, I'll ask Alex. I asked Alex, hey, you know, we, we have this new position. I don't know if you'd be interested in it, but let me know if you are. One, two, six, he was interested in it. He is interested in it. And he has come on full-time to be our podcast producer, Mr. Alex Horton. So he is digging in now. He's only been at it for a few weeks. Uh, but as time goes on, we will have more and more of his influence on this show. And it should be getting only better. It should be going in one direction. And that is uh, a much improved direction. And then now that he's coming on board, making some changes, we are also coming to uh, start the construction on our office. And one of the key features of our new office in Nashville, Tennessee, just outside of downtown Nashville, will be a dedicated podcast studio with some nice equipment, just a fun place. There'll be a bar right across the hallway from it. So we'll be able to get plenty of drinks while we chat about dirt and in theory, a majority of these episodes should either be in person at our podcast studio out of our office or in person out in the field with a new field setup that we're, that we're putting together. 
um, a, a lot of the feedback I've gotten over the uh, over the past few months is audio quality. You know, some of these episodes, the audio quality is not that great, and that's because people are on cell phones. Um, is that always gonna? Is that ever gonna totally stop? No. Sometimes it's just best to get someone on the damn phone and and give them a shout, like you know Garrett Wilson, for example. I'm not gonna get that guy on camera, so I just need him in his own little little world to give me a shout on his phone and I'm going to get whatever audio quality I'm going to get. But a lot of the people we uh, do business with and a lot of the people I've interviewed in the past, you know, they, they might be willing to come in and, and do it in person. So we're going to try to transition to that. So uh, I just wanted to get all that out there, a little bit of housekeeping, really exciting news and uh, stay tuned for all those, all those exciting changes coming down the road. But today... No, unfortunately, Alex hasn't been here very long, so he hasn't been able to keep me in check. And my my poor planning has got the best of me once again. I had someone scheduled for this weekend, for this week's episode, and then this crazy storm rolled in and, and destroyed internet and cell phones and power and all sorts of things. So that didn't happen. So you know, we, we still need to give you a Dirt Talk episode for this week. <sighs> And with that, you know, the best, my best solution was throw up a Q&A question, uh, questionnaire on Instagram stories and see what I got. And so I'm just going to sit here and answer your questions. I did this once before. It was actually better received than I thought. And so if you hated the last Q&A session, I would tune out right now. I would go to your, your, your next favorite podcast because I know... Dirt Talk is your favorite, but you know your next favorite. Go to that one and just wait for next week's episode. But if you enjoyed the last Q&A, if you want to learn more about our business, learn more about my opinions on specific subjects, like whether I would like a booth or a table, which is one of the, 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 the questions I'm about to discuss, stay tuned. All right. Without further ado, let's get into it. So Mr. Paul asked, what does BuildWit actually do? I get this a lot, and I think there's quite a few questions that are similar to this. What what the hell does BuildWit actually do? The funny thing is, a lot of people just stumble across us on the internet, and they stumble across me specifically, and my pictures of mines and construction people and all sorts of exotic earth-moving operations from across the United States and occasionally abroad. And they sit there and say, well, that's pretty cool, but what, I mean, what, what the hell? Like, what, what do you even do? It's a great question. So what do I do? I started in the industry. I was going to start a construction company. That went out the window, started posting pictures on the internet. It took off, started a media business three years ago this month with just me and a camera traveling around, taking pictures, putting them on the internet, and then eventually convincing companies to pay me to do so to attract the next generation of person to their businesses. And it's morphed into a media business. So the primary business is a a marketing digital media business in which we do all sorts of marketing for heavy construction, mining, uh, and heavy equipment companies from around the United States. Uh, We help them expand their brand. We help them win new work. We help them find more people. We help them communicate better internally. And we do that through photo, video, web, writing, paid advertising, SEO, creative and design, and, and all sorts of other 
means to tell their story is 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 the way we put it. We're actually phrasing the term marketing out of our business and really just focus on storytelling. We just are there to tell their story and it's valuable to them because it wins them more work and gets them more people. That's the short of it. Now, BuildWit is growing beyond storytelling. So storytelling is one arm and that's the arm that most everyone has come accustomed to. But now we are going into recruiting uh, people, people management, HR, consulting, and there's there's a few other businesses morphing out of uh, just getting to know all these dirt world businesses so well. So that's what we do in a nutshell. Primary business, storytelling for dirt world businesses. And the reason we do it all, our higher purpose is, okay, yes, make money. That's important. But to make the dirt world a better place is our mission. We are here to make the dirt world a better place. The dirt world needs to change, in my opinion, and many people's opinions, uh, everything's worked great up until now, but we have this next generation that we must attract. We must do business differently. We must treat people differently. We must think through how we operate um, in a in a different sense. And so our business, we want to be the catalyst for that change, for the change in the industry, for that positive change to make sure that our industry is around for the next many generations to come. Because if our industry is not around, people can't drive to work you know, shower in the mornings, flush the toilet, turn the lights on. We're essential. So we need to figure out our, our workforce issue or else no one will be able to live in society. So that is what we do in a nutshell. Next one, would you ever race in an Ironman? Well, that's actually one of my top fitness goals right now. I have three fitness goals. One, finish a 100-mile race. And I tried two weeks ago, didn't finish it. So still got to go back next year and make, make that happen. Um, run an under three hour marathon. So qualify for the Boston marathon and then finish an Ironman. So I do want to do an Ironman at some point. It's either next year or the year after it's coming up though. So stay tuned for that. Talk about cranes. No, 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 no. I am a dirt guy. I'm just not a crane guy. It's just not not my cup of tea. I don't know what it is, but I appreciate a big crane. Like I got to see one of uh, Barnhart's big cranes at um, the Nashville airport a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago now, and that was a ton of fun. But it's just not my not my thing. Doesn't get me going. All right, what else we got? What's your favorite beer? I love the the bearded iris. Um, home style IPA. It's it's a local brewery in Nashville. And funny enough, the brewery is, I, I could throw a rock to the brewery, to the Bearded Iris Brewery from our new office. So you can bet your ass that we will have plenty of Bearded Iris beer and, and along with other spirits and, and alcohol at our office at all times. So if you, if you stop by our office whenever it's done, feel free to grab a brewski, sit back and relax. Uh, how does it feel knowing the whole escalator industry probably hates you? This has been something that has been on my mind. Um, I'm not sure how the whole escalator shoe boot cleaning thing came to be. And if you're not in the know to explain, I every time I'd be at airports, I would post videos of me cleaning my boots on the escalator. You know, the little brush thing on the edges of the escalator. 
you just you just run your boot up it as you're going up the escalator and you get a real nice polish on there and 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 you know you're if you're traveling you want to be looking your best you're going into meetings you want your boots to be nice and clean and boy do escalators do the trick so i kept posting and it's a joke it's a joke for those of you that don't have sense of humor we're going to get into that and briefly I would post these videos on social media at every airport I'd be at. And then people just started tagging me in their own escalator boot cleaning and shoe cleaning videos. And I would post them on the internet. And now it's a thing. So that is the power of the internet. I am really making the dirt world a better place, really changing the world, using my influence for good by influencing people to clean their shoes on escalators. Now, I have heard some horror stories, which is what has terrified me, and I don't want to be posting these videos anymore for this reason, because I've heard some really terrible things of people getting stuck in escalators, and I don't want to be liable for that. So um, that is uh, the escalator subject. Um, Canada is a key player in oil and gas and mining. Does BuildWit plan on expanding here? I would love to get up to Canada, and we have plans to get up to Canada once COVID chills out. Um, COVID's actually been kind of, I don't want to say nice in that regard, but the our inability to travel internationally right now has not been a bad thing for us because we have a lot to figure out in the United States first. I don't want to be greedy and start looking at all these other countries um, that that could utilize our services. Before we figure out our own country, you know, I, I, I kind of want to figure out the United States first. And we are so far from perfect and having everything figured out that I just don't, I don't feel good about going elsewhere. But um, down the road, we will absolutely be going to Canada. I see the dirt you guys move up in Canada and it, uh, I, I drool over it. So we'll, we'll be up there one day, but not any day soon. Again, what's the value you provide your customers or is it the pictures you provide? The, the value is we tell their story to a broader audience, get it in front of the right people to win them more work and to get them more people within their businesses and to allow them to, to allow their, their people internally to communicate better. So that's the value we bring. We, we, make, we bring value to their business by adding new work, adding new revenue and then adding more people to accommodate that new work. So by growing their businesses is how we add value. And that's why we're able to charge for what we, what we are. How to maintain physically, a physically healthy lifestyle uh, along with, with mental health in the trades. This is something I'm a big proponent of is keeping your body and mind healthy. Now, full disclosure, I'm not in the trades. I'm, I'm not, I, I, I run a, marketing media business. So I started in construction. I have been in a ditch with a shovel. I know what it's like, but I I don't do that right now. But speaking from my own experience, I just prioritize my health, my, my physical and mental health. And what does that mean? Well, that means I don't eat like shit. That's one. You know, I, I try to keep my diet in, in check. I try to keep my alcohol consumption in check. I let it go a little too much in December, so now I haven't had a drink since since uh, January first. Um, I work out every single day, no exceptions. And right now, you know, I'm injured. My my knees a little jacked up because of that hundred mile race uh, a week ago, but I'm still walking for at least forty five minutes every single day. So I'm still outside, active every single day. No excuses. Rain, shine, whatever it may be. And so you just bake it into your day. You make it habitual. You make it 
So there's no excuse. It has to get done. And that has done me a lot of good for my physical and mental well-being. You know, just giving yourself 45 minutes to yourself every day to just think goes a long ways. And to keep myself mentally healthy, you know, if you're physically healthy, your mind will be healthier. But to keep myself mentally healthy, I've been in uh, consistent therapy for the past two years. And it has been the absolute best thing I could have ever done for my mind. It's some of the best money I spend. It's it's a little pricey. It's probably maybe, I don't know, it's like $150 a session. So if you go every week, that's $600 a month. That's a, that's a lot of money. So you don't necessarily have to go every week, but it's all about investing yourself. And man, you cannot find a better place to spend money than on your mental well-being. It is so nice. We don't even really like dig into really deep-rooted issues a lot of times. It's just nice having someone to just talk to and that'll listen. And so you can work through your issues and work through your thoughts and work through your anxiety. So I could not recommend seeking someone out to talk to more. And that's why I'm so vocal about it because I want to normalize it. It's not normal in this industry to, to ask for help. And I think that's, that's bullshit. It shouldn't be like that. So I'm trying to lead by example by saying, you know, this is one of the best things I've done. And like I have therapy tomorrow and I'm very excited about it. I look forward to it. I'm exhausted after, but it's, it's one of the best things I do every week right now. D8T or 1050K John Deere. So not an operator, not construction business owner. This is based on a lot of opinions and I am exposed to arguably uh, the most opinions out of anybody in the industry based on my travels and, and how many people I talk to and how many sites I get to see. DAT, hands down. I have not heard very many good things about the 1050K. It looks very cool and it is supposed to be pretty cool like for a little bit and then it gets uncool. So there's a reason why you see a lot more DATs than 1050Ks. I'm just going to leave it at that. If you were going to start a construction company today, what type of work would you do? Um, the initial plan I had was to start a construction company, and the initial work I was going to pursue was excavation. I love excavation. I love moving dirt. I think there's a lot of opportunity. And even though there's a lot of companies out there doing it, a lot of big companies, a lot of well-established companies, what we're seeing with our own partners and what I'm seeing in the industry as, 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 as a whole is that the, the industry is shifting. So these old school companies that have done very well for themselves over the past 50 years or whatever it may be, are, are either going to have to adapt or they're going to die. There's really only two ways to do it. And they're not going to die, die quickly. It's going to be kind of a slow, slow death. But they will not, they, they either don't have a succession plan so a lot of these big companies have been going away because there's no succession plan. And so the owner just, okay, hey, I'm finally tapped out here. I'm done. Maybe liquidates everything, sells the company off to somebody else. The company disappears. Or they're just not going to find the great people they need to do the work. And so they're not going to be able to build as much long-term. And as their people, older people retire, they're not going to be able to keep up. So the opportunity isn't in like, this one gold rush market with this, oh my God, this is great new type of work or whatever it may be. There's just, there's still a lot of dirt to move and a lot of companies moving it. 
The real opportunity is in doing it differently, thinking it through differently, treating people better, training people, really figuring out the people piece of that. Because if you can figure out the people piece of construction and moving dirt, then you're going to absorb what I believe is that market share that those old school companies are going to start to give up because they won't find the people or they don't have that succession plan. So that is what I was going to do was I was going to start a small excavation company and and try to aggressively scale it and to become one of those very large scale earth moving companies by absorbing that market share as time goes on. So that's what I would be doing if I started a construction company. How do Volvo machines do in the USA? They do pretty well. I hear good things about them. Problem is dealer support. You know, some dealers are strong in, in some areas. Some dealers are not so strong. Um, Volvo has been interesting because they've, they have these two, like primarily these two juggernaut dealers, public companies cover enormous expanses, pretty good where they are. And then you don't have much elsewhere. Whereas CAT is, you know, they have a much broader, much better defined territory system that I think does them a lot of good from a service capability standpoint. Uh, but but Volvo, I mean, they make great machines. They look very good. They they work very well, as far as I'm concerned. They start to get a little finicky as they get more and more hours on them. That's when service starts to play a bigger role. And if you can't get service for them, then it starts to become troublesome. By far the best Volvo machine across the board that I've seen is their trucks. I feel like those things are bulletproof. Everyone loves them. They are hands down everyone's preferred truck in the marketplace. That's for sure. What's your biggest concern for mine safety? Mine safety is a big deal because in mines, there's a few different factors. When things go wrong, they go really wrong. Like, really, 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 really wrong. Two, you know, if you don't follow the rules, there's serious consequences. You have MSHA out there regularly. You have the companies auditing everything regularly. Um, so it's not only that, you know, there's safety consequences, but there's other consequences associated with, with not being safe. That said, we work with what I believe are the best mining companies out there their safety programs are spot on. And so every time I'm out on a mine site, I feel nothing but safe. And the reason is they're not just hugging the M-Shaw rule book and saying that's that's the gospel and making the M-Shaw to be a boogeyman or anything like that. It's because they're they're really caring for people and they're really thinking things through and they're really asking themselves how do we make our people safer they're not sitting there you know how do we not get fines by mshaw they're sitting there and they're actually coming at it from a caring perspective i just made a post about this this morning about safety but it all starts with with a caring mentality not a um, citation avoidance mentality so I have been to mines where that is the mentality. It's a very negative mentality. It's, it's you know, Emshaw is out to get them. It's, they're the boogeymen. That's when I get a little nervous. But from a mine safety perspective, I mean, mines are probably some of the safest places that we travel to because safety is so well thought out in the mining industry in the United States. Construction sites, they just realistically don't have as stringent of guidelines that that the mines do. So that's why I feel better on mine sites than I do uh, a lot of construction sites. That said, I very rarely feel unsafe. 
very, very rarely. With our partners, uh, that's one of the big things we look at is their 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 safety program and and how they keep their people safe. Our people are our com- our partners are extremely safe. So everywhere we go is you know there's there's always going to be hazards, but I feel I, I I feel like I'm in a good spot on, and every time we go out to the sites. What keeps you driven and on track? What's your way of not letting yourself get burnt out? This is a tricky one because honestly, I do get a little toasted sometimes. Like even this morning, I just had a bunch of anxiety and I was just kind of feeling down. I'm still kind of feeling down. I'm doing this podcast because you know I wrote it down that I was going to do it today and I wanted to get you guys an episode this week, but I'm just, I'm just kind of in a funk. And when that happens... I rely on the discipline I've I've cultivated to just do the job anyway. It sounds odd, but I just push through, you know, I just do it anyway. Um and and cultivating that discipline of doing things that you don't necessarily want to do, like working out every day when it's cold, especially like this morning it was really really damn cold. I didn't want to be out there. But you do it anyway, and that creates a sense of discipline that that carries over and carries into those tough days where you might be burnt out, you might be exhausted, you might be just down, but you have the discipline and mental fortitude, as Andy Frisella calls it, to just do the job anyway and to push through anyway. Because if you're really pushing, and we're really pushing, I mean, it's it's exhausting most days. I don't want to be doing what I'm doing a lot of days, and I love what I do but I'm just exhausted. Um, so that's a big piece of it. Just cultivating that, that discipline has done me really good and, um, pursuing a path that I just, I love has done me a lot of good. So if you're not on a path that, that you really, that, that makes you a little excited and giddy, kind of like a little kid, that's cause for concern. Um, because if you're, if you're, you know, walking the wrong path, then, I don't know if you're ever going to be excited about it and and you're just going to be continuously burnt out. And then going back to physical, mental, this is why I keep myself so healthy physically and mentally because I can perform better because I don't get burnt out as much because I can keep my head down and push. It's, it's buying me that ability and freedom to push and to work harder than people and to work longer than people and to focus more intently than other people because I'm putting in the work when it comes to taking care of my body, taking care of my mind. It goes a long ways. Do you see your company expanding into multiple offices around the United States? Yes, this has actually been something that's been on my mind recently. Um, It's not going to happen tomorrow, but within the next year or two, I have a feeling like we'll have at least one other office. We work across the entire United States. So I made the decision in July to base our operations in Nashville, Tennessee. It's a really good center point for the business or for, for, for the United States and just for the business overall for quite a few different reasons. But that said, you know, we, we, to touch the whole country, we're going to need physical presidents, presences in other places to do that. We're going to need other offices. So it's on my mind. It's something we have planned but it's not anytime soon. I need to build our first office that's still in the works. And I, I talked about it in the beginning of the episode in, in, in Germantown, just, just outside of downtown Nashville. Um, we should be done with that June or July. So I'm going to get that one done and then 
think about other opportunities down the road once we once we get the first one knocked out, which I'm very excited about. It's going to be so damn cool, and I can't wait to have you guys there. It'll be open, so whenever you're in Nashville, you can stop by. We'll have like a little storefront. Like I said, there'll be like a little bar, and you'll be able to see what our company actually looks like and, and meet the people within our business. What part of operations are dirt contractors struggling with the most people? I That's no secret there. People. They, they can't hire and retain enough people. And, and, you know, why so you ask? It's because they're just not thinking about it the right way. They're thinking about the old school way. They're thinking about just use people. They're, they're a tool and nothing more. Um, and we need to be as an industry looking at people from like a human capital perspective and Hey, people really are everything. People really do make this industry and we need to think about them more. We need to treat them better. We need to train them. We need to invest in them. We need to just think about people differently is, is what it comes down to. And that's what our business does and helps with. Can I buy you and Jimmy drinks when you do a podcast in a bar? Absolutely. We will welcome as many drinks as possible. And that will be, that will be a wild episode. And I'm very excited about that one. If Jimmy's ever allowed to leave Australia, given their new lockdowns that they just announced last week. So sorry, Jimmy, I'm in, into all of our Australian listeners. It's just a shame that you guys are locked down again. Will there be my dirt adventures part three? I will get on that. So you have my word. I'll make that happen. How you liking that new truck? Man, so I bought an F-250 diesel Lariat earlier in 2020. I still have the F-150, but got this new truck. It is definitely the nicest vehicle I've ever driven. I love it. I didn't understand the diesel thing until I had a diesel, and now I don't know if I ever want to drive anything but a diesel. You just feel so cool. And I drive a lot of other cars because we always have rental cars every week. So, I mean, at this point, I've driven just about everything, and it's so nice to get back to that that pickup truck at the end of the day, and it just makes you feel so cool and inflates your ego in such an irrational and artificial manner, and is so ridiculous, and I absolutely love it. So, if you're thinking about a new truck, you know, get, get whatever you want. I'm not really like a, well, Ford's better than everything else. I like Ford better, personally. Um, they're the best selling vehicle in the United States for four decades, not by accident. Like that doesn't just happen. That said, get whatever you want, but highly recommend diesels because they are freaking cool. And then I went Lariat just to explain my rationale here because they don't depreciate nearly as much as the lesser models do. So the higher end models, they, they seem more expensive, but you're oftentimes better off with the higher models because the depreciation is next to nothing on them. The, they, they hold their value so well. Um, so when you go to get that next truck, you're really not losing out on much at all. What's the most odd job site you've been on? I, I guess the most odd experience just kind of in general was the Middle East. That was just odd. I loved it. I would, ha I would go back tomorrow if, if they asked me with COVID, who knows? But it was just odd. It was just odd to be in such a different world in a world where people didn't speak your language, eat the food you're used to. I mean, nothing similar. And it was odd because they did things totally differently, but then they did some things the exact same, yet they were on the other side of the world. So it was cool to be able to draw those, the, 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 
the similarities and differences between moving dirt in a whole different place. And then I guess more specifically, the most odd place was when we went to the fire cleanup with Anvil Builders in Paradise, California, Paradise Wildfire Cleanup. That was an entire burned out city. Like almost none of the structures were still standing. And just to see the devastation and just to see the remnants of what used to be a house, but only the chimneys still standing because it's brick, obviously. Everything else is gone around it with the remnants of the twisted, melted steel stove and the car out front with the melted windshield. It was just heartbreaking uh, to see, but also really cool to see because there were also hundreds of people there cleaning up house by house to let these people get back to their lives. And now, you know, the town is largely cleaned up because of all these people's hard work. And now it's happening in other towns in California as we speak because of their pretty bad wildfire season um, this past year. So that was, that was probably the most odd, unique experience still to this date. Skid steer simulator in the office? Well, not exactly. I'll get to that in a moment. How many messages do you get a day? Hundreds? I try to get to everybody, but honestly, it's just, it, it's, it's gotten to be too much, especially while I'm on the road. You know, it's like you're working 14, 16, 18 hours a day sometimes. And then you have hundreds of messages to respond to. And it's just, it's overwhelming. Um, so I do my best. It's like one of my big weekend activities to clean up my inbox, at least on Instagram. Facebook, I don't even look at. LinkedIn, iffy. You know, there's there's a few other places that it, that is iffy. But Instagram, I try to get back to everybody. Are you an engineer too? I have an engineering degree. Not that that means anything, but I got an engineering degree from Arizona State University. I don't really use it, but... I have it. So I have a degree, but I'm not an engineer. How old are you? 25 going on 26 this month. Um, here's Garrett Wilson asking a super inappropriate question. I'll just leave it at that because that is the way he is. It's just, it's just who he is. Just who he is. Just love him for who he is. Um, in all your travels, what's been the most eye-opening experience? I would say what I just said, the, the fire, fire cleanup, or I always go back to these damn South Carolina loggers with bellwether. They're just such good people out there. And I don't know what it is about these people, but I'm just drawn to these people in the woods, these loggers in South Carolina, like, like a, like, like a magnet. I just, they're just so wholesome and they're so misunderstood and such a joy to be around. So if I had to go with another answer beyond wildfire cleanup, I would say the woods of South Carolina with, with Bellwether Forest Products because it's, it's a really special place and a special job and, and an industry that most people depend on. You know, you can't really wipe your ass without toilet paper. And that's, you know, those guys are, that's what they're doing. They're providing those paper products that the rest of society needs. But then the society demonizes them for cutting trees down, even though they're grown to be cut down. It's a renewable resource. So that's a that's an experience in, in place that's very dear to me. Top five college degrees for construction. Any degrees. Honestly, just get a degree. Enjoy yourself in college and get into construction. Not that difficult. You don't have to do what you studied 
uh, in college. I studied engineering. I have nothing to do with engineering right now. There you go. So get whatever degree you want. Go for four years. Have fun. Enjoy yourself. Learn more about yourself. And then go into construction. If you know you're going to go into construction on day one, I would suggest doing a construction management degree, construction management program. There's tons of universities, at least in the United States now, that have construction management programs. They're fantastic. I went to Arizona State University. Arizona State has a very strong construction management program. So I would highly recommend it. With college, you don't need to go get a ton of debt to do it. You don't need a ton of debt. Stay in state. So look in state for a construction management program. And if they don't have one, then you might might consider going abroad, applying for scholarships. If, if you want to still and stay in state, just go get a business degree. Go get something simple. You know, just go into college with the mindset of I'm going to learn more about myself. I'm going to enjoy myself. I'm going to explore what's out there. And then, you know, I know I want to get into construction. So that's what I'm going to pursue. And during the summers, you can work in the industry with a shovel, you know, sweeping roads in a shop somewhere. You can still be working in the industry while going to school. Um, Those two things, you don't have to wait four years to get into the world of construction. What's your ideal client look like? So we, we draw the line, usually like our sweet spot right now is 30 to $100 million in revenue annually. It, it's to a point, like we've had to scale our business pretty dramatically. Uh, and, and so in scaling our business, we incur a lot of overhead. We have to employ a lot of people and there's a lot of money that walks out the door every month now. And so because of that, we have to charge a certain amount of money to keep our lights on. And that amount of money is, is really the amount of money that a larger company can responsibly invest. Smaller companies, it doesn't make sense for them to hire us. That said, a smaller construction company or a landscape company or whatever it may be, a lot of these smaller companies reach out to us, they can do most everything themselves. Just share what you do day to day on social media. Take a damn picture. Your phone has a great camera on it. You take a picture of, yeah, here's the wall we just put in today. Here's what these guys did. They did some great work. Just share what you're doing day to day. There's your marketing strategy right there. It's going to work out for you. I know it's going to work out as far as hiring goes, as far as branding goes, as far as getting more work goes. Just something as simple as that goes a long way. So you don't need us to go market your business. You can do it on your own, especially when you're smaller. And I would would suggest doing it on your own rather than hiring a local agency that doesn't necessarily speak the language of the industry because when that happens, I've seen a lot of small companies waste their money on shitty marketing. And I would much rather you keep your money to invest in your business and just tell your own story in a better way than to go try to have someone else do it. You don't need to have someone else do it. What machine did you buy? Well, I bought a Caterpillar 259 D3 skid steer. See, um, brand new. It'll be coming out of the factory in May. I'm actually going to go pick it or, or go go see it on the assembly line. We got it custom painted. It's going to be white and black, not a, not yellow on it. No yellow on it. Um, we're going to be taking all the cat logos off it. First thing, first thing on my uh, agenda. Once I get the machine, take the cat logos off and and put Buildwin on it. And we bought the machine um, one for the sake of my mental well being and and for therapy. 
just so I have a machine to mess around with. I've always wanted one. Um, two, it just differentiates our business. How many other marketing businesses or businesses in general that represent this this industry can say they have a machine? So it just it just differentiates us further. It gives us the ability to put our people into a machine so they can understand what it's like to just run a piece of equipment. And then it allows us to start dabbling in uh, training, which is something we want to get into down the road. So there's a lot of different business reasons for it, but the primary reason is because I wanted it. And that's all you need to justify decisions like that. Your thoughts on California as far as living and working in? I can't stand California. I can't stand it. It's a brutal place to work. It's a brutal place to live, in my opinion. Um, the companies that we work with there, I don't envy because just the rules and the regulations and everything they have to put up with is crazy. Like the California government is making it so hard to do business there. It is insane. Um, the price of living's high. I mean, it's just, it's a nice place. Don't get me wrong. I love, I love going there. I love visiting. I love like, like highway one. If you've never driven up highway one, big sir, holy smokes. That's one of the most beautiful drives I've ever ever been a part of, and I could not suggest it more. Um, that said, I just could never live there. I couldn't do it. Can't do it. So that's that's my opinion. And, and the amazing thing is, most of the people that I know that live there don't even like it. Like they're not even, I, I, I moved to Nashville and Tennessee because I wanted to live somewhere that I just loved and bragged about and could not be happier about. Tennessee's it. I'm so happy I'm here. The people there, they're not even happy they're there. I'm like, Geez, that that's a bummer. I mean, I, and I know, you know, I'm privileged and I get to go move wherever I wanted to move. Some people, most people don't have that luxury, but man, it's a it's a tough place to live nowadays, especially in the current political climate and with all the rules out there because of coronavirus. Why don't you showcase skid steers with steel tracks? Because most skid steers don't have steel tracks, bub. Only those fancy land carrying ones do, and they're not they're not all that common. People don't want steel tracks in their skid steers. They just want the rubber ones. Um, companies who hire BuildWit, how receptive are they to your input? They're very receptive because they're coming to us with an open mind. That's why they're bringing us on because they're like, man, you know, we should tell our story. We don't really know how. Let's go get these guys to do it for us. So they're coming in to doing business with us with an already very open mind. So as far as input goes, they're very open to it. They're very receptive. We work very well with all of our partners. Um, some of them we haven't worked well with in the past and we don't work with them anymore magically, but we, we work very well, very closely with, with all our partners. I'm very proud about the relationships we have with each one of our partners. Simple question, college, yes or no? I am for college. I talked about it on this podcast and I used to say, no, don't go to college, but I went to college and it did me a lot of good. And I don't, I didn't, I didn't get a lot of debt. I didn't get any debt. You know, you can, you can get scholarships. You can stay in state. You can keep the cost of college these days very low. You can play the game, play the game. Don't go out of state. Go, don't go spend $50,000 a year on it. Like some of these kids are stay in state. It's super cheap when you stay in state. And it gave me four years to meet my best friends now and to explore the construction industry without just the, the, the total stress and anxiety of having to go get a full-time job right away as an 18-year-old 
Because when you're 18, I mean, shit, you can't, you can't make great decisions still. Your brain's not even formed. I mean, you still need a while to, to let everything shake out and to figure things out. And it's like, I'm 25. Am I any, any better off than I was 18? Arguably not. But I, I can make at least a little better and more def- informed decisions now. If you use that four years to just learn about who you are, enjoy yourself, you'll be and, and, and do it without incurring a ton of debt, I would highly recommend it. So that's, that's how I explain it. But if you're going into it expecting this great job or whatever it may be, that's a total lie. That doesn't happen anymore. You're, you're not going to go get a great job. That's, 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 that just doesn't happen these days with, with college. College is no guarantee of any kind of success whatsoever. Are you guys hiring people in Boston yet? We hire people anywhere. So I think I have workers' comp policies in like 13 states now. Do you need a welder in your group? You know, not quite yet. Not quite yet. But maybe one day. Maybe one day. I know all of our partners are hiring welders and mechanics though. So if you see one of the companies we work with and it looks cool, reach out. We can connect you. What's your opinion on unions? This is a tricky subject. I think unions are a good thing when they're managed properly and when they're strong. And that is the case in a lot of different areas in the United States is there are strong, well-thought-out unions that aren't there to just threaten people and and threaten employees. Like they're there to work alongside everybody and to make everyone better off and to really be they're they're they really represent the people they they technically work for which is the people within the union i think they can be a good thing i cannot stand the lesser unions that give all the other ones a black eye frankly that that threaten and do horrible things and just further their own self-interest and in the the leadership self-interest not their people self-interest and to, to do harm to the businesses that employ the people within their union and that are just out for nothing but themselves. And that's there's there's a lot of that too. And there's a lot of that just in business in general. This isn't really a union, non-union issue. I mean, it's it's kind of across the board wherever you go. But that's what I've seen. Like I'm not against or for I'm for unions when they're when they're run properly, is is how I would say it. I, I don't have a problem with them. Uh, I've always worked for non-union businesses and I, I like it. You know, I like just being on my own. Um, to, that's just me as an individual. That's why I started a company because I'm kind of a lone wolf. I like I like to do my own thing. But uh, I think they can be a good thing when, when done properly. Are you mad? Stop telling about office update. Um, I'm not mad. It's just construction moves super slow and it's kind of frustrating sometimes because I want my office now. When you want your office now? Wouldn't you be impatient? I'm impatient. I'm 25. I don't know any better. I want it. I want it now. I want it yesterday. Any chance for concrete content? Not really. Um, we, we've spoken with a few concrete companies just because they service, you know, our other partners because our you know heavy civil construction, there's an enormous concrete component. But as far as strictly concrete construction, that's when we get into the general contractors world. And I don't like general contractors and, and just, I just want to stay away from them because that's a whole different, I don't want to, I don't want to generalize and say, I don't like general contractors, but 
I've 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 had a lot of negative experiences with general contractors. It's a different mentality than civil contractors have versus the managing the managing work versus the self-perform um, side of the work. And so we just want to stay in that self-perform side of things. Is going to a heavy equipment operator school recommended? Based on everything I know and I've heard, I would absolutely not recommend it. I'm sure there's probably decent schools out there, but I would just get a job with a shovel at the very bottom and work your way up. Or, you know, if you're in the union area, you join the union, do an apprenticeship and, and go from there. Um, I would not spend the money on heavy equipment school. I've met a lot of people that have, and very rarely do I hear them saying that was a great investment. And I'm just, that's just my frank assessment. How many photos are in the build it library? Hundreds of thousands. Um, I was looking today, I've posted 2,200 photos on social media and we have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of photos. It's just, there's so many. And we, we only edit probably about 10% of the actual photos we take. So that's hundreds of thousands of photos that are edited. Uh, and, and so I don't even know how many photos we have. I've never, I've never even looked. I love your podcast. Thank you, 65 Tuxta. I really appreciate that. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being one of our five loyal listeners. What's your favorite machine? So I, I'm known for really enjoying skidsters. I love skidsters. They're just amazing machines, and they're so damn versatile. But me personally, I like bigger excavators, and I don't know what it is about it, but like running them, I'm most comfortable running a bigger excavator. I just, I just like the feeling of just, just knocking out trucks, moving just tons of material, just really changing the face of the earth. That's what these big excavators do. Um, so I've always enjoyed the big excavators and eventually I will have one, but that's a little ways away. We'll, we'll be okay with the skid steer for now. Do you think the progress you've made in changing the construction culture will be slowed in an economic downturn when construction companies tighten up budgets? I think it I think it only becomes even more important in an economic downturn because um, the companies we work with are aggressive and are responsible. So in an economic downturn, they're not going to be financially strained like a company that's really highly leveraged and has a lot of debt would be. And they're going to want to go capture that market share because people are going to be laying people off. Companies are going to be laying people off. Companies are going to be dialing things back. Companies are going to be hurting. And that's the time when you want to pounce. So that's when messaging becomes even more important. Storytelling becomes even more important. That's when the labor market's the hottest. You want to pick these people up that are being laid off. These are great people. And you want to get them into your business. So I've thought about this a lot. Um, I don't think it would be impacted, our business. Our business would be impacted in some capacity. I don't think it would be substantial because we are arguably more valuable during a recession or during a, a time of economic struggle than we are when times are good. A booth or table. I am a table guy. I have a bad back. I got back surgery when I was 19. I got a disc replacement, L5S1, the very bottom disc in your back. So I got a, a synthetic disc in my back and, and my back is always hurt. And it hurts a lot less when I'm sitting in a chair with a table that I can put my elbows on than a booth because I can't control where the hell I'm sitting. So Definitely a chair and table kind of guy. Great question. Great question. We're really, we are really getting to the bottom of some, some deep issues here. And I appreciate, I appreciate that, um, that well thought out question. Mm -mm -mm. When will you get more photos framed for sale? Working on that as we speak. Stay tuned. 
How butthurt are people in your DMs that you don't run equipment? Woof. Yeah, people. Wow. People in this industry are very proud. It's a very proud culture. These are very proud people. They work very hard. And with that hard work comes a very deep sense of pride, for better or for worse. And um, one of the worst parts of it is that they think they're superior and anyone that doesn't work as hard as they do is inferior. So because I don't run equipment, um, because I run a business, because I don't do what they do, I am inferior and I am not worthy of even being on these sites and talking about the industry and posting photos. I got a lot of that early on. And honestly, a lot of that was self-inflicted because I was trying to act like I knew what I was doing when I didn't, and I still don't. But now I don't even act like I know what I'm doing and I'm an expert. And so that's gone away. It's like their attacks on me are not all that valid anymore. Like, you don't know what you're talking about. Well, yeah, no shit. I already said I don't know what I'm talking about. Like, yeah, I'm not saying I do know what I'm talking about here. So I'm kind of attacking myself first in a way, just by being honest. And their 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 argument doesn't hold a lot of weight. So every once in a while, you get one of those salty folks or out in the field, like like I joke with Garrett Wilson because you know he we had him on the podcast and he was talking about me and this and that. People were like, "Why the hell would you support that kid?" <laughs> and it just it just cracks me up how some how salty people are about about what I'm doing. It's like I, I I don't know what to tell you. I'm gonna be around whether you like me or not. I'm I'm only I'm only getting started here. I'm not going away. So you better get used to it or I don't know, unfollow me. Why are you still falling? Or uh, it's just funny. It's funny, man. It's funny. That's a great question though. Uh I think that's it. There's there's a a question in Russian, uh, but I don't speak Russian. Um, someone said good. Okay. Uh, but, but I, I skipped over a few that were just, I don't know, like, what's your favorite machine? I don't know. I don't want to get into that or, uh, uh, kissy face, kissy face. Um, you have a driver for this. So I skipped over a lot of those nonsense questions, but we, we got some really good ones. Oh no, 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 no. One more, one more, one more, one more. I, I just saw the salt story. And I've been told the opposite my whole life. Am I wrong? Okay, this is an opportunity for me to really, really stress something. And that is that I am very rarely serious on the internet. I am almost always sarcastic. My sense of humor is very dry, very, very dry. I will say something and it will appear that I'm serious. But if you think about it, like, man, that's really stupid. Why the hell would he say that? It's probably because I'm joking. Like, for example, yesterday, the comment he's referring to, if you weren't tuning into my stories on Instagram, and if you're not following me, at build on Instagram, highly recommend. Uh, stories, you, gotta, you know, it's all about self-promotion. Um, I, I posted a photo, they just salted the roads, and I made a joke about driving extra miles when they freshly salt the roads because the salt is really good for the, the bottom of your car. It, 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 it lubricates everything, polishes everything, makes it really nice and, and shines it up before, before springtime. Obviously, that's not true. And this guy, he didn't understand my sarcasm. Obviously, salt is not good for cars. It rusts them. You know, you go to the Midwest, all those old cars, they're pretty messed up. But I like to joke about things. That is the way I joke is in sarcasm. 
And so just assume if I say something really stupid, it's probably because I'm joking. Just err on the safe side. Just assume I'm always joking and I'm always not serious because that's probably what's going on. And that is a great note to end on. That's it. Those are the questions. That's the Q&A for this week. Next week, um, I, I, I was supposed to be traveling this week. I just canceled my travel. So we're going to have some, some new guests on the podcast, which I'm very excited about. We'll have plenty more Dirt Talk episodes coming your way, at least one per week from now on. We might be getting more coming down the road now that Alex is involved. So stay tuned. Uh, big thing. I'm, I've, I've been trying to ask you guys every single week consistently, and I'm, I'm going to continue to do it. With these changes coming on, you know, now we have someone that's full-time dedicated to this podcast. That's an enormous expense. Up until, uh, up until now, the, the biggest expense has just been my time spent on it. Now, now that we have someone dedicated to it, that's an enormous expense. So the temptation is to go get a sponsor or go get you know, some people to pay for it. That's not going to happen. Okay. We're not going to have sponsors. We're not going to sponsor this thing. It makes things a little bit more difficult, but I want to be able to say whatever the hell I want. I don't want you to have to listen to commercials. It's just not fun. It does. It sucks. You know, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Commercials piss me off. So I don't want to do that to you. If we ever did anything like an advertisement, it wouldn't be paid. It would be us talking about our partners, maybe featuring a partner, you know, Hey, you know, this, this partner, you know, Bemis construction, Denver, they're ramping up for the season. They're looking for scraper operators. If you know anybody, something like that, that's, that's natural. That adds value. That's not paid for, you know, they're not going to be paying for it, but it's, it's, you know, m- maybe talking about something that we wouldn't, that's the only, um, option that we're exploring right now. But that said, we don't have advertisements. We're not promoting this in an aggressive manner with with all this 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 ridiculous marketing campaign or anything like that you are the ones that are sharing this and you are the ones growing this and you are the ones getting the word out there about dirt talk and about our mission of making the dirt world a better place and we could not be doing it without you so please continue to share please continue to educate people in this industry on what the hell a podcast is because it's amazing how many people still don't even know what a podcast is. Send the podcast around and maybe they're not even in this industry. I just had someone that's in plastic surgery saying, wow, this is so relatable. I'm like, I, I don't think you're listening to the right podcast, but great. If it's relatable, that's awesome. Send it around, share it. I appreciate everyone listening. Thanks for spending another hour with me. And with that, we'll see you on the next episode of Dirt Talk.